0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonsen, and today's guest on the show is Chris Goodsight. He is one of the founders of Cloud9 Foils, foils that I love. I've been surfing them for a while, and he comes on the show today to talk about uh, foiling, the design process that they go through and making their foils, what attracted them to surf foiling at the beginning. Um, and It's a good show, especially if you are into foiling or like uh, the design process, entrepreneurial stories, things like that. You'll probably enjoy this show. Before we jump in, a couple notes. Uh, if you are interested in coming down to our camp in Costa Rica, Blue Zone SUP, check out bluesonesup.com. Chase Kostelitz is down there. We've just had an incredible year. Tons of guys coming through, girls, uh Loving the camp, tons of great feedback. So if you want to sharpen up your paddle surfing skills or get in the water for the first time, check out Blue Zone SUP. And if you want to check out some of the projects I've been working on lately, uh, head on over to progressionproject.com or check out Portal Surf Designs. I've been designing high-performance stand-up paddle boards for the last, I don't know, a couple years now, after about four years of intense study in that. Um, And feedback has been incredible, so I'm really enjoying that process. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now with the progression project, you know, is uh, diving into foiling. It's my new passion. I love things that I can dive in on and just explore. I think I'm happiest when I'm at the beginning of a learning curve and I find myself there right now in the foiling world. And so um, we're in Jacksonville Beach, Florida for the summer. I've got a little 10-foot rib inflatable that we're taking out, foiling, doing a lot of tow ins on. And when there's waves, we're just surfing and it's just an insane amount of fun especially for the east coast having lived in Costa Rica for 10 years I kind of thought surfing was over when I had to move back to the to the east coast after you know 10 years of waves on tap and now you know I'm frothing daily it's you know blowing about 15 miles an hour from the north today it's going to be about one to two feet at low tide and I'm going to be cruising down the beach on a foil probably four miles something like that this afternoon it's going to be insane so it's an amazing sport I'm excited to explore it and um, hope you guys enjoy this series. Hit me with any uh, ideas for future shows. If there's somebody who you think would be great um, on this foiling series, probably do about 10 to 15 episodes. James Casey is coming back on next week. Got a couple of other cool guests lined up. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Chris, from cloud nine foils. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks do. for having us.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been, uh, I've been on the foils on your cloud nines for a while. I started with the S 24. I've got the X 28 and the X 32 now, and I love them. Um, so awesome. I thought it'd be fun to circle up and, and kind of get an understanding of, you know, your design process, your path and foiling. Um, just learn from yep. it a little bit. So I appreciate
1: you taking. Well, we the time. started. Yeah, we started in uh, 2016. After you know, we us and the and the rest of the world saw videos of Kyle Lenny on on Facebook, you know, and doing downwinders on a a giant sup, you know, a race board. And you know, my partner and myself both come from foiling. We, we kite foil together, and we're really competitive. And it was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of. uh bad on our friendship you could say <laughs> we're, really, we're very very competitive you guys were friends first and then you
0: competed against each other or were you competing yeah first and we're, then... we're
1: kiteboarding friends we've okay. been kiting together since you know i don't know like 20 years now but um yeah we're, we're full-on kite surfers and then we got into kite foiling and then of course we saw kite and we're like ah oh, we got to do this So we immediately put like our kite foils on our sups and bolted them on. Didn't even use high density foam, you know, And like one of my buddies lost his, his foil. (laughs) It's like, you know, there's a $1,500 mistake, you know, um, just we didn't even know how to put boxes in a board without high density foam. You know, we're just naive, but yeah, we, we started on kite foils. And I remember at the time I was like charting all my logging, all my hours that I would serve for kite. Um, on a calendar and I remember putting on the calendar like a really sad face and like surf foiling maybe not a good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Cause we were like literally on like a little one ten kite wing, you know, that lift MHL, you know, had at the time. And that's what we we went on and we're we thought <laughs> we thought we could do what Kyle was doing on our subs and oh my goodness, we almost killed ourselves. I don't know if you remember seeing some like Japanese guy where his whole forehead was filleted open like years ago, like I, I absolutely know, Marley, do.
0: I was, you know, you I was that? early uh, foil hater. I didn't see it. I saw just the the possible injuries from it, and I already saw how much sup uh, was yeah. hated in lineups. And I was like, this is gonna just <laughs> yeah. kill, and we're never gonna be able to surf <laughs> anywhere cool ever again.
1: Um yeah, if you but, hate yeah. sups, you're gonna hate when they go flying by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was a, you know, so you know, Kent comes from like design, CAD, and all that kind of stuff. We got into three D printing, and and at the time I was a partner in Carbonera. And I think we had just sold the company, and we we made paddles, you know, for quite a few years there. Um, you know, I had sponsored people like Seychelles and stuff. I think it was our very first sponsor. <laughs> just to tie in the. The, the paddleboard thing but um yeah he's like hey let's make foils you know at first we were just we just wanted to make them for ourselves just so we could try to enjoy it you know and we kind of came to the realization that you know we needed a, you know, a low speed high lift foil and you know everything was super secretive no one knew what Kyle was even on no one knew how big the board was. I was trying to like guesstimate like, well, it looks like a 14 foot race board and they chopped off. It looks like maybe three feet of tail or, you know, it's like, there's no, there is nowhere to find anything on, on what they were doing. And now, you know um, and, you know, we started tinkering around and I remember we made our first wing and it wasn't that bad. And and actually Kyle was in was in Santa Barbara and he actually went out and I, I think I was with my kids that day or something, but he, he actually was able to jump on Kent's gear and, and he was like, oh, it's a pretty good wing. He's like, oh, I, I thin out the tail. You don't need that much tail. And so we kind of like, okay, you know, let's make a thinner tail and stuff. But that was kind of the start, you know, back in 2016, you know, it was kind of when we got, I think we weren't that too much later than GoFoil, you know? I mean, obviously they already had it figured out, but, you know, we were kind of like, it was like, GoFoil, Nash, and, and us basically. <laughs> for yeah. what I know. So um, yeah, that's
0: cool. And then in the last year you all switched from the S, I, I guess it was the S line to the X line, which you know is a different fuselage, um, different uh attachment for, for front and rear wings with the shims in there now. How did that change collection? Right,
1: off? right. So we we got our start um, because I came from kite boarding, you know, my very first sponsor was liquid force and I'm good friends with Gary Siskar and Jason Slezak and stuff. So I hit up, um, Gary and said, Hey, you know, can you supply us with mass and fuselages and, and all these parts, you know? So, so we designed the wings and, and they tried our wings and loved it. So they're like, Hey, you know, we, we'd love to, you know, license your design. And so, so our agreement was they were going to give us good OEM pricing on product and from liquid force. And, uh, we, we designed, we basically designed the impulse wing, which is our S 24. It's the same wing. It's just, you know, it even says our name cloud nine designed by cloud nine on that wing. Okay. So that was a way for us to kind of leapfrog from having to, design a fuselage, design a mask, get manufacturing set up, get molds made. You know, it was a way to just kind of get our wings on their mass and fuselages. Yeah. So the market our, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We were able to just jump in right away and, and come out, you know, make a mold on a wing instead of starting from scratch. Um, but since then um, we've moved away from the S24 and the P27 because we're no longer working with buying, mass and foil or fuselages and and parts and you know from liquid force so we now have our own factories building our own design fuselage and and mass and and wings so um i'm not sure where what they're doing uh, in foiling now but you know we basically are no longer um buying materials or or product from them to go with our wings. Gotcha. So that's why there was a change. So we, we, we knew where we wanted to improve on design. You know, we wanted a fuselage that, you know, was stiffer, more hydrodynamic, um, more recessed into the wing, um, a a stronger connection. So we could, uh, a flatter connection on the wing. So we could have a make bigger wings like the X 32 and the X 28 and, and, and hopefully even bigger for like downwind stuff. So now everything is designed by us, and there's more options, and we've learned a lot since we first started, basically. And you know, now we're kind of um, standing on our own two feet, doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, well, in uh, yeah. my experience with the gear, I think it's rad. I like the X setup much more, uh, and I also right. think it's rad that you know the product has gotten better and the price came down, which is awesome. Like, who can argue with that? So yeah, that's yeah. Cool.
1: So that's also like being able to manufacture ourselves. Now we're not paying liquid force or they're not skimming it to sell it to us. So right. <laughs> now that we're dealing straight with a factory, we're getting a better price. So our product's gotten better. It's gotten smarter. It's, it's more refined because now we're building everything ourselves and we're complete fanatics and we only want to ride the best stuff. So we're every little thing we want like oh, we don't want our fuselage leaking and we don't want, we want to make it more hydrodynamic and faster and smarter and better quality. So everything is like, and then now we're also selling direct online. So now we're not, we're not having to like gouge it to the customers. You know, we're not dealing with shops. We're just selling everything direct from our website. That's and um, so now the, now the pricing has come down, but the quality has gone up and, Everything's just better. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome.
0: Um, So I I design uh, shape and design um, surfboards, mostly stand-up high-performance stand-up paddle surfboards. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and my design process is a lot of incremental refinement. I use Shape3D and Aku both and, you know, test and, and, you know, iterate, essentially. Um, Now, with the wing stuff, you can get into uh, CFD modeling and, like, SimScale, any of those things what process of your design is, you know, looking at those models of your wings in, uh, you know, CFD program type stuff versus just taking it out there and feeling
1: it out. Um, I think we 360 as our, our program, we do, we 3d print all our wings. Um, we're able to like make a prototype within like three or four days. Um, even though you can look at all analysis and like, you know, flow charts and all these things. I mean, that's more Kent's area, but I'll, I, you know, I'll kind of do my best. Sure. On, on, we can have a high level discussion.
0: We don't have to get in nuts and bolts and I don't want to give away any yeah. you know, trade secrets, but as a designer, yeah. as someone who's like as big of a nerd as you can have in the surf world, probably like, I love the, I love yeah. understanding all this stuff.
1: So, so our biggest thing we, we usually, you know, go through a lot of prototypes, and sometimes we make, make a dud. And sometimes we, like, we just made a new wing that I really, you know, my partners are really loving and I'm hopefully going to go try it today. But, you know, there's this whole craze with the whole flat wings and they just pump and they're super efficient, you know, um, have tons of glide. Um, and, um, we'll find something we like and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to, um, we'll even kiteboard on it and switch back and forth, you know, like different ones and, and try and, different shims i mean it's amazing what uh, the thickness of something like a dime can change the lift characteristics of of a wing it's a it's it truly blows my mind and, and you don't really understand how impressive that is until you switch back and forth on the same gear and one has a, a shim and one doesn't or you come back in and i mean that's what's cool about being able to kite on our foils is you know, we don't have to go and get a jet ski to pull us around. We can literally just go and switch back and forth on the water and try and and really get a, results really fast. Yeah. So, um, you know, to answer your question, like the programs and all the charts, and until you actually go ride it, you, you really don't know. We don't really, I mean, we look at like wing profiles for speed and what, you know, and we've learned a lot based on trial and error, you know, over the, the, the years. I mean, you can imagine if we started in 2016 and we 3D printing our wings and we can make wings in three or four days and actually go out and ride it. Um, you know, we've gone through, we, we have a, <laughs> we have a lot of prototypes.
0: You guys have like a row wow. where you have them all like pinned to the wall. Have you read?
1: Uh, we want to, but uh, I want to do that. But right now, everything's just like piled in a box or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I go to work and I ship foils I, and rather than decorating the walls or something. But yeah, we have we have saved all of them, you know, and, and it's really cool to see the evolution of of where we've come and what we've learned. I mean, we have some printed models that we completely abandoned because we learned something along the way, and we're like, ah that's no good. Like we have wings that are halfway made, you know, in our warehouse. It's <laughs> like we've never even got cl- close enough to like wrapping them in carbon. You know, it's just, we just abandoned ship. That's <laughs> so, um, but yeah, point, trial and error is like big time. What's up?
0: I was going to say your point about the shims. I, I've been experimenting a lot. We uh we're down in Jacksonville, Florida right now. And mm-hmm. um, I just got a little Mer- West Marine 310 rib with a nine, nine, and I can launch literally in like five minutes from behind the house in the ocean. And so right. you've been doing a lot right. of, you know, whipping in and towing and the whole thing. And so I've been experimenting. I've I've gone from learning on a stand-up because where I started the process, you know, being from, we spent a lot of time in Costa Rica, you know, that was home for 12 years. Uh, and I was just, you know, living in New York, Connecticut, and then traveling down to Costa Rica over the winter to to learn. And so I started in stand-up because of we we're surfing offshore reefs. But now um having been here and i just shaped myself this little prone board i'm just blown away like i don't know where stand-up is going to fit in except for maybe downwinders or like offshore reef but it's just the prone board the 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 way that you can pump it is is insane and so i've been going back and forth between the x28 and the x32 on the prone board with the different shims and feeling it all out and Right. crazy how much of a difference it makes my boards super short it's like a four five four six something like that and i'm a pretty big dude i'm like six one right uh buck yeah. 90 yeah. and the x32 with the shim that it comes with is like unruly as i'm paddling in it's like hard to hold it down um but you change out that right. shim and i'm paddling in you know no problem it's it's not popping up on me um but right, it, right. you know the 28 with the 28 shim seems to be where it's at it seems like once you're pumping, it's actually more efficient to pump the smaller wing, you know, without the sup on, yeah. on it and yeah. it's just, I'm going faster, I'm connecting more waves. It almost seems like, especially when I whip in on the X32, there's like a limited, like a speed limiter. It's like the wing slows yeah. me down to a certain point where on the 28, yeah. I can just maintain so much more speed. Does that all resonate? Does that all sound uh, right?
1: Uh, wait till you try the 24 for whip in. Really? You know, for toe ends. oh yeah. Yeah, that thing's magical. So yeah, I mean you're you're dealing with more drag when you get bigger wings, right? Yeah. But you you also so we designed a thirty two because we wanted to get the bigger guy market. We wanted to get, you know, a wing kind of comparable to the GOFOIL EVA, you know. Uh-huh. Um a lot of guys in Hawaii were were jumping on those and, and really excited. So we're like, oh, you know, let's let's do our X thirty two. Um it doesn't have as much front foot pressure as the GOFOIL. Um it's a little bit more balanced. So it doesn't doesn't tend to buck you off right. as easily, but it still has that carry, that that, that nice glide. I agree with you. I, I prefer the X28 over the X32, and I, I weigh 190 and I'm on a 46 prone. Um, where I do see the X32 is where my partner he he rides up all the time, and he's on a 411 sup now. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, he weighs like 160, but he'll go on the 32 with the tail all the way forward and just tear it up and i think i think on the sup you're able to like lean over harder in the turns or, or maybe there's just that counterweight you know with the board i don't know what it is but he tears it up on the 32 i prefer the 28 on a prone because i can i can pump faster where he can't and i can kind of make the sections just through a little bit more energy you know with yeah. the 28 and it's just, a, it just turns better, you know, being a smaller wing and less drag. So yeah, I, you know, there's, I, I definitely agree with you. Like the 32 is a, a bit much for prone, you know? And like you said, it's almost like got a governor on it where you, every speed has its own like top end speed. Like we, we take the little GPS watches and we see like how fast the wings go and, you know, or we, we whip in with our jet ski or something like I remember one day we were on the P 27 on the outside reef and we'd be whipping in going over 20 miles an hour or so. Uh, and then we'd let go of the rope and you could literally feel the wing, like downshift
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, 32 is doing that for like, me this morning.
1: In. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you're just exceeding like the speed of the foil of the wing itself. So you see guys like Kyle Lenny out at jaws or Piahi you know, or yeah, those guys are using kite wings because they're, they're designed to go faster. So the faster you go, the less, basically the less, uh, lift you need, right? Right. Because you're, so you, you can go with a much thinner wing. So, um, because you're not, you're not trying to take a step back,
0: um, and go high level on the components of lift and the design of wings. So I, I understand this at a base level, but I think it'd be great to go through it. So, you know, the surface area of a wing, the volume of a wing, um how the f- front wing and rear wing work together how angle of attack from the rear wing affects lift can can you kind of give a breakdown
1: of all that um okay so uh, are you So we start with the shims or the tail wing like is maybe, that-
0: maybe start with just the front wing and and how you know a thinner wing will affect lift versus a more volum- volum- voluminous wing
2: yeah
1: <laughs> um, yeah
2: okay
0: yeah
1: so You know, you can go with like GoFoil came out with a pretty thick profile. You know, the the wing is pretty thick, but it's, it has a lot of lift, but it's a lot slower through the water. And then you have a wing like lift or something like the 170 or 200, which a much thinner wing. Um, So it wants to go faster, but ironically it has less lift, you know, but you can generate speed. The rider can like pump and go faster with a thinner wing. So okay. even though it doesn't want to get up so easily, once you're up, it wants to go faster through the water because it has less drag, right? Okay. So there's there's a balance there. Like like our wing isn't as thick as GoFoil, but it's not as thin as the lift,
0: you know? Okay. I've ridden um, the 170 and uh, lift wing, and we were in head high, uh, like point break surf, and it was hard for me to stay up, you know? It was, it was like yeah. it was difficult. It didn't seem like there was much lift in that wing at all. Um, I've got a buddy who rides them no. on e foils, you know, yeah. so he's basically okay. whipping himself into into waves.
1: Yeah, was it was the, was a surf gutless or um, was mm-hmm. it just not working for you? Or I mean, I don't know enough about about their product, you know, but um, it just you know I I do know like slingshot and you know, when the, when the guys are toying in on really big waves, they're not using the traditional foils. I mean, I've seen guys use a small go foil and our, our X-22 is good for towing in as well, or, or kiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have less drag and less, um, wing profile. Like it doesn't need to be as thick. Um, you, so you basically, you're just trying to reduce drag, right? Like you said, um, you have like, with a big wing, you can feel it kind of notch down and and slow and you could probably still ride waves. You just, it's hard to match the speed when you go in bigger waves, the bigger the wave, the smaller the wing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the the faster you need it to go to get down that face, but you know, you're, you're not getting a wing that's going to be pumping, you know, you're pumping back out on it. You know, um, you're not, you're not worried about carving super tight turns. You're more just trying to like you know do these long big banking arcs you know when you're on a wave that size right. so um and that's where the kite wings kind of come into play because they're matching more of that that same speed you know guys got kite they go you know 40 knots you know it's nuts <laughs> i don't know if you've ever watched guys kite foil but it's crazy yeah so I, you know the cloud there's, kite guy
0: with no relation i don't think to you guys but i love watching no, his no. videos and super light wind um foiling those things are super rad
1: yeah no uh, a lot of my friends use the cloud kites over here um in in santa barbara ventura area and they just hang in the sky and i mean that's another cool thing our 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 foils are amazing for kiteboarding i mean that's how we kind of got into it and then we started wave riding and what happens with the when you're wave riding with with a normal kite wing um because they're so fast and thin you outrun the wave you know, where our, our wings are designed to, to, you can sit and stall more in the pocket because they don't need to go as fast. So you're kind of matching the wave. Like, you know, I'm talking like head high waves and under or something, you know, like you're able to match the speed of the wave with our wings and not, not outfly it or outrun the wave. When we first started wave riding, we're using our kite, our race wings. And we couldn't like, we, we go in a bottom turn and we pass the whole wave and and then our kite would fall out of the sky because we're going too fast down the line. <laughs> so <laughs> now our kites allow us to stay in the pocket and stall and go really slow where they won't fall off foil. A kite race wing, if you go too slow, it just drops. I don't know if you've ever been on a foil where if if you go too slow, it just, it kind of like almost like flutters and then just falls off foil. Yeah. Like there's just not enough speed. Almost like so our wings actually
0: fall like from the
1: rear. Yeah. Line. Like it's just, it's weird. It's just like, you can't go really slow on some foils. So, you know, that's where the tow in guys are whipping in at such high speeds and they're using the jet ski. And they're going at such high speed, they're, they're able to stay on foil. But if you come almost to a stop, that thing's just going to drop. <laughs> yeah. So I was amazed. Yeah.
0: The big difference in the X32 on the prone board um, for me the last two days of testing it was when I, um, when I was kicking out of waves, a couple of them, I missed the exit and basically killed all of my speed. Uh-huh. And on the stand-up or the twenty-eight, for sure I was stalling, but I could co- I could build back up speed from almost nothing. Uh it was pretty wild, like to, to to go from like almost stalling out to, you know, a couple really aggressive pumps and then back onto pumping and getting back out. Um getting out through the way. It says like oh, on the thirty two? On the thirty-two, yeah.
1: It was wild. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like from almost I think you spent more time on it than me. <laughs> four or five
0: miles an hour probably could get back up. And I'm doing the same thing that you're doing with the GPS watch. It seems like the 32 of my last couple days sessions, like top speeds were 14, 15 miles an hour. And in, you know, same exact surf on the 28, few two to three miles an hour faster, you know, just pumping riding waves, both paddling in prone, not whipping in. Um,
1: Yeah. So so the 24 and the 22, the 24 is going to be way even more loose. Like it's it's actually, I like the 28 because I can pump back out the 24. You can do it, but I think you got to be a lighter guy, or you really got to be aggressive, or come out of the way with a lot of speed. You know, um, that I, I have connected waves on the twenty-four, but it seems like the twenty-eight I can handle it in pretty big for my weight. Anyway, I can handle it in pretty good size serve, and it and it's a little bit easier for me to pump back out and connect. And so that's kind of where I've I've fallen for myself.
0: For reference, for everybody, but, but the
1: twenty-four you're... for the twenty-four for you for towing you would love it yeah it's it's it'll match the higher speed and you'll get greater turns with more speed like if you're not worried about pumping or connecting waves you should give the 24 a shot for sure
0: i i might do that the uh the surf we've had here is is super gutless you know it's like i've been surfing it's like 1.5 feet at six seconds for the last few days all right yeah so so i think even you know towing in is going to be pretty tough on the 24 for me is my guess but maybe not I, i don't know um
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I usually associate towing in with like waves of some size, you know, so you, you probably right. like if you're whipping into really small waves, you're going to want, you're going to want that lift to carry you through that wave, you know? Um, and if there's not much energy, you're probably better off on the 28. But Mm -hmm. if it's like, if it's like, you know, a normal tow session and the waves are like head higher or something or bigger, you know, that thing will handle, um, it goes, it just, and it's way leaves. It's super fun. It's a lot of fun. Is it and a lot the different than
0: well? the, we, we have the S24. That's what my son um, rides. You've seen some of the videos of him. Right. He actually got his first like real whip to wave connection this morning. He's so frothy. He, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it was a good one. He he had struggled a little bit. You know, we just, we've been doing this for about a week now. And he had struggled a right. little bit in like um, kind of timing of coming off. Uh and today he figured it out and got a bunch of them and uh super super you can
1: also put a shim on on the s24 on the tail if you want to increase or decrease the lift um we didn't do that in the beginning just because we didn't know (laughs) it felt tuned just fine but if you want the s24 to have more lift you can put a washer in the front screw hole on the tail like something the thickness of a dime, you know. Like when we would kite, we'd take a couple washers in our wetsuits and then just come in real quick on the beach and then put in another washer, you know, and just kind of find the balance or what, what felt right. But yeah, if you want to give any wing a, a bit of a boost, that's what's cool about our stuff is it gives you options. You know, a lot of foils they just you, you tap it on or screw it on and that's it. There's no uh, tail adjustments. There's no front and back adjustments. You know. Yeah. Um, Having having our fuselage having multiple hole settings on the tail and having different shims allows you to make it more stable or more reactive in the turns, making it looser. Um, so as a beginner, you, you run your tail farther back for pitch stability. As you get better, you move it farther and farther forward for more aggressive turning, tighter turns. You know, it's like moving your fins forward on a surfboard; it just makes it looser. Yeah. So and then the shims will either give you lift or, or, or less lift, you know, depending on where you put the, the shim or the washer on the tail. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the things that I think kind of sets us apart is being able to buy everything a la carte, ha- however, all the pieces, you know, easy to travel with. And then also having, uh, having the shims and the, and the, and the adjustments on the tail, you what, know? What's giving, sh- giving people choices.
0: I have the 28 shim and the 32 shim right now. Do you have others? Do you have one, a different one for the 24? I'd love to try all the ones I can. I might order.
1: Yeah. Um, um, so we have the, the X-24 shim. Is
0: that um, less
1: than the 28 is, lower angle of attack? It is. Okay. Correct. So the bigger the wing, you know, rather than have a bunch of tail wings, we wanted to keep it simple and just have different shims with one tail and give people the options that, based on the conditions, what, what shim they want to use. Um, right. I mean, we did a lot of tests. What's
0: up? I was going to say why are why is the angle of attack in your rear wing bigger for bigger front wings? It almost seems counterintuitive. It seems like with a bigger front wing, you need less angle of attack in your rear wing to balance the wing out, right? Cuz doesn't the shim push the push the, the 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 front wing up basically like giving you more lift? Like when I went from the tw- 32 shim and the 32 to the 28 shim, it seemed like the wing was way right. more manageable.
1: Um, Is that accurate? Well, you want, I yeah, with less. So you want it to be balanced, right? You don't want to have a big wing that doesn't have lift. So you want it. You want it to. So based on your weight and your conditions, that's where you would. You could maybe get away with less of a shim. So we we found that you know we like again like you can make that thirty two have even more lift if it was an even thicker shim. Okay. So you're creating downforce on the tail which is balancing out the front wing, right? Does so that, do you sac- what um, do you
0: sacrifice when you go with more as you sacrifice speed, do you sacrifice stall speed? Like what what is the sacrifice of increasing lift? So if I take the 24 and I put like a huge mm, shim on it, what right. happens like in the extreme?
1: Um in the extreme you're going to have that thing just buck you off. Okay. Um it's not necessarily going to be a good thing. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have a lot of front foot pressure. You're going to have to start moving more forward on the board to keep that wing down. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at airplanes and how they lift off and, and, and and they're with their flaps and stuff. I mean, you can make that thing airplane go straight up in the sky. If you want, it's still a little airplane. It's just how much downforce they're putting on their flaps. Right. So because we can't like, we don't have flaps. It's all about front foot pressure and back foot pressure. But what we can do is like adjust the tails and the shims in a certain position. And then just, so if, if to answer your question to, if you put a really big shim on the S 24, you're going to end up putting a lot more front foot pressure on, on the wing. You're going to be like, I was saying like the go foils, like you notice there's a lot more front foot pressure. That's, that's the one thing people tell me there's a lot more front foot pressure on the wing because it has so much lift. So they're, when they're dropping in, they're really putting a lot of weight on the front foot on their front foot. And that's because the way they have their wing set, it just has a lot of lift. You know, they, they probably have the front wing at a different pitch as well. And then they're, you know, and then you, you tap it on and you're good to go. But that's where we, we, we have our, our options and, and adjustments because we don't want a wing that has a ton of foot pressure, front foot pressure. We want it to be more balanced as you get up. So it's a more gradual lift. It doesn't want to throw you off. That's rad. Um,
0: that makes me want to try more 28 with the 32 shim. I've so in, in all the, you know, I've been pretty on this for the last month and my Mm -hmm. back leg, I feel like my, and I did a lot of snowboarding this year too, which is, kind of also in the same vein, but my, uh, my right quad is, is probably 20% bigger than my left quad from the amount of time I've spent on a foil and pumping. Is that normal? <laughs> yeah. like, is that happening to everybody who's, who's addicted to this? Or is that I, my I balance? I'm going to look at
1: my legs right now. <laughs> so which leg is bigger?
0: <laughs> Are you feeling it more uh, in, your, in your rear leg when you're pumping? Cause I do.
1: Um, uh... In the rear leg. Do you, are you moving your back foot forward a little bit on the board? I do. When you're yeah. pumping. Yep. Yeah. Like a couple inches. And I, sometimes I even offset it where it's a little bit on the inside rail. I don't know why, but sometimes I get really good. Um, it seems like a lot of people do. Yeah, that. I don't, I try to. Yeah. A lot of videos I've seen, it almost seems like they the back foot is, is almost coming off the board in slow motion. You know, like it, they're super weightless on that, on the tail. Um, I don't know if I'm feeling the burn on the back leg. Interesting, because uh, I
0: feel like, I like maybe I'm doing something weird. I feel like I'm exploding, kind of jumping off of my back leg. I feel like I'm doing almost like one-footed, like one-legged jumps off my back foot to, to propel forward.
1: Huh. I don't know about that one. Yeah. I'm going to have to feel my leg pressure when I go out next time. Um, um, well, you would know because, I mean, like, yeah, I'm
0: like right leg is like, you know, Almost cramping after you know a long like yesterday. You know, connected three and four waves a couple times, and at the end of it, it was almost like my right leg. I felt like I was doing like one-legged squats, you know,
1: like crossfitting it, huh? Or something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not experiencing that. I don't know what's going on. Weird. I'm trying to think. I'm like, what? Why are you having so much back foot pressure? Um, you know what it could be. I had a friend of mine who had a go foil. He had a, uh, the Tuttle box, and he and the his board, his foil is too far back in the board. Okay. So by so he was he was having a lot of, just riding. He was having a lot of back foot pressure. I do you have feel a lot back, of back foot, foot pressure, pressure when ride.
0: you ride. I feel like I'm like manual when you ride you do?
1: Yeah. Okay, so your 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 foil is too far back in the board. Okay. That's what's happening. Um, I mean, I, we don't have to do this on the phone now, but I can like tell you where I position. No, let's my do it. This will be super interesting. My, yeah, I mean, as, long, my as, you, as long as it's
0: not like proprietary or something or other, I think this is exactly what people No, no, no.
1: I just I just don't know offhand. I'd have to look at my car, I think. Oh. Um, on my 4'6", I think I'm eight inches off the tail to the back of the... to the back of the... Um, from the base plate to the tail. I think I'm at eight inches. Okay. I'm actually walking out to my car from, right now to from measure... the back it. of the base
0: plate... To the tail is eight inch. I can't yeah, look at what I'm at right now. I'm, I'm upstairs in the watching little dribbly peelers break in front, thinking about going back out after we get off the call.
1: <laughs> so, how big is the storm board that you're using?
0: I think it's uh, mid to low fours.
1: Okay, so my four six. Is 38 liters. I have mean a 198 and then at seven inches off the tail.
0: Seven inches off the tail. I'm gonna make a note of that real quick. Yeah. Um and then that's what you're riding with the the so your foot's pretty close to the, like where I'm foiling, my foot, my front foot is pretty close to the nose. I'm probably seven, eight inches back from the nose when I'm riding. Is that kind of the same thing you're doing? My board might be shorter.
1: Your board sounds shorter.
0: It's pretty short, man. Um, it took me a while like to to get it to like dial in. Um, paddling in, Huh. let me see if I can get, yeah, so
1: <laughs> text to see if I do, can. I do know that the, the back foot pressure means like, God, I don't know why, but your board's so little, like my friend has having a harder time getting the nose to rise. Right. So you're putting more back foot pressure, trying to counter counter lever the nose up out of the water to hold it up. Right. Uh-huh. So that's where he was putting a lot of back foot pressure. But I'm not sure if your board is so short. What's going on? It
0: might just be I, because I the waves are so know. small and gutless. Like I've been surfing, you know, one one to two foot surf for the last month. Um, you know, dribbly East Coast.
1: Right, right. You know, when um, we're down in Costa Rica, it's a different need, animal. Yeah, maybe you need more lift in the wing or something. Um, you know, I, I remember seeing a friend of mine being towed behind like a little sailboat like a little catamaran and people were making comments like, Oh, he needs more front foot pressure, more front foot pressure. But it's because he was going so slow on foil. It looked like his nose was rising forward, like up in the sky. Uh-huh. So, um, That's I was meaning, like, well, it's cause he's going so slow, you know, he's going so slow. Yeah. So his board was like, he was just, he was basically just kind of, barely up on foil you know (laughs) so he was like because the boat was barely moving you know and he was on the s24 and he was literally just trying to stay up on foil so he's he's almost like leaning back and pushing the nose up a little bit because he's trying to like just keep it up on foil He was holding the rope the whole time but the board the boat was going so slow so but yeah i'm not i'm not sure why you're having a lot of back foot pressure i'm gonna go i'm gonna try right. the other
0: shim in the 28 and i'll try moving the wing forward a little bit it just feels like um
1: Oh, well, have you put the tail wing forward
0: yeah the tail wings are you, forward. you in the boxes yeah yeah i'm gonna move the yeah the, the wing forward the whole thing the whole foil setup a little bit forward in the box it just seems that the board's so short that when i'm taking off on a steeper wave i'm basically like holding on to the nose of the board and i do a lot of short right, pulling, right? and i'm holding the nose of the board pushing it down um, as I pop up and then it's, it's an awkward pop-up. It took me a little while to get it because the board is so short that I'm having to like get my foot up. Like it, it seems so unnatural because the, my front foot is only, you know, probably eight inches from the nose of the board to, to balance the wing out, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, am on a four, six now. I I went as as small as four Oh, and I went back to four, six because I wasn't making my drops on the bigger waves. I was, I was getting like thrown off. I just couldn't get up onto my feet quick enough, um, on the bigger surf. I, I actually love foiling and as big as I can. <laughs> so, like, I'm always like trying to, I, there's a rush for me. Like if it's a few feet overhead or, you know, getting, getting some size, I, I actually, I, I love paddling in and, and being able to drop in on foil, you know, from prone. So being on that little board, I my, I was falling a lot more, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get up on my feet. So I went back to my four, six and, um, you know, it's 38 liters, but it it works great. And, you know, also to answer your question about sup versus prone, there is advantages for both. Um, on prone, I just had a, a five, three made my buddy Fletcher at Patagonia FCD surfboards. Um, just made me a five, three prone board or sup. And you can't afford eleven, um, SUP. But um, the advantages on, on on a SUP are you're able to you're already standing, so of course you see the wave sooner. But you can ride. You know the days where it's high tide and the waves just quite aren't breaking. Oh yeah. You can't you can't get up on foil on a prone board because it's not throwing hard enough you can't you can't get in on a on a sup you can kind of paddle and bounce the board and get up on foil even before the wave breaks yeah so you get up on foil earlier and you're dropping in sooner where i have to be the wave has to be more hollow or it's it's already throwing and then i can get up on foil um by paddling but you can't catch catch a softer wave like you can on a sup with a foil yeah, the sup will allow you to bounce up, and the reason we're going smaller and smaller, we're keeping the volume as we would on our eight foot regular sups. You know that we use to surf all the time, but now we're we're cramming all that volume into like a tiny little board. So my board's five three, but it's like almost five inches thick. Right? <laughs> you <know? laughs> Do you hollow but out the it, deck a little tiny. bit on that
0: to keep to keep a little uh, bit lower? I
1: concaved it a little bit. You know, it, it just looks like a boogie board. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like a big square of chimed rail you know in the tail and stuff like that but um yeah but you know weighs like 10 pounds it's it's tiny but it's got a lot of volume i think it's like 115 liters or something i went a little bit floatier on it because i wanted because now i have less water length i was trying to like get out of the water a little bit more a little higher so Mm -hmm. i could have more speed to paddle so it seems like the smaller the board i'm going with a little bit more float just so i can kind of compensate for the length right <laughs> by getting more float out of the board my so.
0: uh my sup is a six five 27 the bottom uh, is 24 across it's pretty chined in uh, rails. yeah um, yeah and it works great like I, I really enjoy it um i just am enjoying like kind of the, the riding a smaller wing and how the speed of pumping you know i'll tell you what though the i'm going to give Give him credit for, because he's the first guy I saw doing it. Maybe someone else did it first, but the Derek comma paddle pump, yep, is amazing. Like I, I learned that over the last couple of weeks, and yeah, it like twice as efficient as trying to paddle every stroke. You know, the, the way that he paddles is he's pumping on every other. So like basically on the the downstroke, if you're playing guitar or something like that. Um, so on every on every other pump, he's paddling, and it's like the same thing as Kyle Lenny does which I've learned on the, on the prone, which is like the back and forth swing where you're pumping every time yeah. your, your, uh, arms are swinging down. Uh, it's basically yeah, yeah. the same cadence, but then you get this paddle stroke, uh, in the middle and I've gone, you know, from the, where I subsurf, surf, I subsurf at a 69.5 inch paddle. And now I've gone up to 73 for the foiling. Cause I don't have to bend over so much, which is a little bit easier to balance, you know, like when you're bending right. over, sometimes you're right. kind of like, come over your front feet and then things get a little, get a little squirrely, but, um, but that paddle cadence is amazing. And you can kind of just go indefinitely once you get it down.
1: Yeah. He's probably a great dancer. I always make jokes with my friends. They're like, Dude, I can't, I can't pump back out. I'm like, you got no rhythm. Like, we should go to the clubs and you should go dancing or something. So That's always my first thing. They're like, I can't pump. I'm like, can you dance? They're like, no. I'm like, see, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, I, I've tried the paddle thing and I don't think I'm a good dancer either. <laughs> I, I can't quite get the, the timing and the rhythm or something. I'm always like hitting the rail of the board when I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm, this is frustrating. I tend to just pump the board and not use the paddle. <laughs> so. But um, I'm probably not going catching Lincoln as many waves as you, as you do, you know. So, I'm just getting it now, man.
0: Um, um, I'm linking more. I, I, I to the, yesterday I linked four, which is my best, or five, five the day before, but that was in a lot of wind, so I don't know if I should count yeah. it because it was kind of like downwinding almost. But legit four yeah. yesterday without the wind, so that was pretty dope.
1: Were you on the 28?
0: Uh, that was on Perfect. the 28. Yep. And then last night I nice. did the 32. And I had my like I had a really long flight. It was like almost a minute, um, but it was only three waves.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my max is four. Wind swell is always, always your best friend, right? Cause <laughs> they're so close together, and you're like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. So, um, yeah, I can't wait till I can just link down the beach and go forever. You know, just That's all awesome. the little inside shore break stuff, and just hop down the hop down the coast. You know.
0: we're uh like my least favorite surfing conditions ever is you know here in florida it'll be like one foot and it'll blow 30 miles an hour 20 miles an hour out of the south just directly along the beach it just ruins everything it's not big enough to surf the wind isn't like like an onshore wind super fun to shortboard once it gets up to like waist to chest high you know like lots of little pockets and bowls and stuff but uh i went out the other day and and it was like the most fun i've had years like could get up on foil on the sup pretty easy. And then I was connecting these bumps all the way. And I did a drift session. So I had, to have my wife pick me up like five miles up the beach, but I did like almost yeah. four or five miles in probably an hour and 15 minutes, uh, just ah, you know, cool. 30 something waves. And I think that uh-huh. on the prone, I'll be able to like almost downwind it to where, I'm instead of it being like a surf session, I think I'll just be kind of able to fly more, um, throughout
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can get up on foil, I mean, that's where the prone, you know, the shorter board is easier to pump, right? Because it's less swing weight, more maneuverable. It's just, you just got to get up on the foil first, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I I prefer the prone myself. Um, but I carry both in the car just for the conditions, you know, just in case there's that outside misto spot that's, that's breaking, you know, and, and, and that's where the sup comes in. Um, you know, I'll go out there with my partner on my like prone and he'll be doing circles around me and I'm like, ah, I should have brought my prone or my sup, yeah. <laughs> you know, because sometimes the high, that high tide wave is, you know, it's just, you just can't, I always say high tide, like a foiler's best friend. Cause usually the surfers are looking for that lower tide, hollower wave. So going foiling on a high tide, um, like, you know, we have a spot where it doesn't break until it's like a three foot tide. Um, I'll go on like a four foot tide, no one's there yet. And I'll be able to catch the waves on the, on the sup. And then everyone shows up, you know, an hour later or whatever, two hours later, because the tides drained out a little bit more and it's, it's hollower for surfers, but going and being able to catch the waves when it's kind of fatter and and slower, you know, and mushier. So, Uh, it's, it's perfect for foiling, (laughs) you know, it's like a, a foiler's dream. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling
0: all my buddies here in Florida that it's, it, the, the way that I'm equating it is like, if someone told you for say six to 12 months of investment in the activity, you know, like you're gonna have to train pretty hard to get good at it. And for a couple grand, if you could take Florida surf and turn it into Costa Rica, would you be willing to do that? Cause that's what happened. I mean, I lived here a year and a half ago and I just, it was so hard coming back from, you know, over a decade in Costa Rica, you know, surfing every day coming here. I mean, it was demoralizing. I mean, it was so hard every day. I was (laughs) bad. I'd go surf and I'd come out and I was in a bad mood. And, uh, and now it's like every day I'm stoked and I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to like lift the veil for my buddies here to see it. But there's only like I've, today I saw the Only other guy foiling here that I've seen in uh you know like a month of kind of being out every day. I saw one other guy doing it. And I just can't believe it. It's like yeah. the culture here is so closed minded. It's the same thing happened with stand up. No one, you know, it was just so frowned upon and it's just staunch shortboard, yeah. which is hilarious because there's no surf.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's cool about the foiling thing? I mean, I came from stand up as well. You know, I I was one of the partners in Carbonero paddles, but um the cool thing about foiling is like all the pro surfers are are grasping it. You know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I've got guys like Tom Carroll texting me, telling me how it's changed his life a thousand fold, you know, like he's like a little kid frothing, you know, he's in a candy store. He's so pumped on foiling. Like he's he's doing (laughs) toe wins all day long, getting two minute long ride waves, you know, or two minute long rides on waves with his buddies and on the jet ski. And, and he's just ripping around and, and, and just stoked again, you know, um, you got like Jerry Lopez writing our stuff and he's down in Baja all the time, sending me photos of him, just super happy, you know, um, he he was so grateful. He actually made me one of his guns, you know, his lightning bolts oh, <laughs> as a that's thank you. Awesome. It's like, that's so cool. Yeah, my partner my partner's like, Well, you gotta cut it in half. Cause you know, it's our company. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, I'm like, No, no. Like disappear that <laughs> thing immediately. I got my I got my I got half of my lightning bolt wall hanger in my house. <laughs> so, but um no it, it's 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 crazy. I mean, there's a lot of pros on tour taking foils with them, you know, on tour. And, and some of them have told me like, you know, I don't even want to surf anymore. (laughs) I just want to foil. You know, it's that addicting. It's the most addicting sport I've ever done. You know, and I grew up surfing in Hawaii and windsurfing and kiteboarding and, you know, paddleboarding and foiling by far is like, it's the best. So, it's, it's why is that? Why
0: best. is it so addicting? I mean, I think that James Casey said that. Chase is saying that. Everybody's saying that. Who's getting into this? And I have a thought on it. But why do you think it's so? Uh, why do you think it's so addicting? What's happening?
1: Well, I mean, I'll be out for three hours in like some shitty little one-foot mushburger wave with my friends, and there's no one out. And it's crappy for surfing. And we're flying 20 miles an hour doing big arching cutbacks and, you know, crossovers, having the best time of our life, you know. And you're, you're never going to be so scared on a two-foot wave in your whole life as you are <laughs> when you, when you learn to foil. <laughs>
0: it's so true. When you
1: learn to foil, you, you might as well be, like, dropping in at Jaws or, or barreling you know, a barreling wave at Pipe or something because it is so scary to to be on such a, a foreign you just don't understand it. Like people are like, Oh, I surf and oh, I've been paddling for, you know, 10 years. And I surf, I'm like, dude, do you, do you have a pilot's license? No. Okay. This is a whole new animal. I mean, the wave knowledge comes into play of understanding where to be in the surf, but, but the foiling part is a whole new animal and it's so rewarding. I don't know what it is about. I mean, I have a friend who paraglides and he says, this is more like flying than paragliding. And I'm like, well, good, because I like to fall in the water and I don't really want to get in a paragliding <laughs> because I don't want to crash and get hurt, you know. But I think it's more more aggressive. You're, I mean, you're only a couple feet off the water, but you're going you're, – you're like silently flying over the water like a pelican, you know, and, and, and just hugging the surface and going Mach 10 – on nothing. I I don't know I've kite foiled and every and and this is surf foiling is by far the most addicting thing. And I, I don't I don't know why it is even more than kite foiling. You know, I think it's sort it's there's a there's a high you get of of catching a a wave or, or or being able to pump back out and catching another wave without coming down off foil. It's it's a rush, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just more time in the ocean. Maybe it's giving us that window of, of more time out there doing what we love, you know? Um, but I think because it's so new and, you know, we see guys doing open ocean crossings. Like we, I think we all know if, if we get good at this, we'll be able to like jump off the beach, pump out, get into the wind line, go down the coast, catch waves for as long as your legs can take it, you know, until you got to come in and, and be able to do, and that's it kind of opens up the whole ocean, right? It's a, it makes the, we're not just surfing this one break. We're surfing the ocean now. So, you know, um, it's, the possibilities are, I mean, the opportunities are are endless, you know, um, it's a crossover into all these different water sports that I grew up doing. And, and now I'm able to, have foils for all these sports you have windsurfing, surfing you have kiteboarding you have stand-up paddling you have regular surfing you know you have wake surfing on lakes so you're able to foil literally on if you can find a body of water you can foil <laughs> you know swimming pools you name it doesn't matter you <laughs> can literally go foiling <laughs> so um yeah it's i don't know it's a it's a it's a complete high, you know, the whole flying part. So, um, yeah, me and my friends are just constantly, I mean, yesterday I was sad coming home cause I can't even find a wave to go foil. like uh, to try one of our new prototypes and my partner wrote it and he's, he's off on vacation right now for a week, but he was like, Oh, I love this thing. You gotta try. And then I was all excited and got it all tuned up perfectly and, the tide was too high and the waves weren't even breaking and it was windy and I was sitting there and I was like, uh, maybe I should start mountain biking or something. (laughs) I was so depressed that I I couldn't even go out and I couldn't even find anything that was breaking. So it was like a really slow south swell, like the, the, the period, like, you know, there'd be a wave every half hour and I'm like looking at my watch thinking, Oh, I got to get home. Like I'm not really going to, if I don't catch that wave that comes in a half an hour, <laughs> it's going to be another half hour. It's like, is this too inconsistent, you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of went home sad, drove home in traffic, <laughs> <Just laughs> bummed that I couldn't go foil. So hopefully today, <laughs> hopefully today. Yeah.
0: Um, give me, oh, yeah. give me a rundown of what your perfect setups are. Like what's your ideal foil conditions? What are you riding? How do you gauge, you know, your quiver for different conditions?
1: Um, I personally like it, you know, good head high or something. Um, long, long waves that aren't closing out, but they have, they don't even have to be breaking. They can just be the energy. Um, you look at like swimming pools in, in Tavarua, right. Or Namotu. Um, I think it's Namotu. I can't remember, but over in Fiji, I mean, it's just that you're writing the energy, Um, and being able to just go out there with your friends. I mean, ideal would be just clean, glassy, soft, long, head high slabs of water, (laughs) you know, (laughs) warm, no wetsuit. Um, it's just a foil heaven. Right. Um, what are you riding? And just, um, God, if I could have it, have it my way, I'd be on the X 24, you know, um, maybe, maybe instead of having me pump back out or anything, you guys could just pick me up after I ride away for like five minutes and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> get a jet ski or something, you know, I haven't even done much jet ski like Cohen's, but, um, if you, if you can pull it off with a jet ski and, and whip into ocean swells or long rides, that's, I think that's where it's at because you're riding a smaller wing, you're going at faster speeds and, and you're just carving it up you know um catching waves that would have normally gone unridden because they're not breaking you know so i always make jokes with my friends i'm like well did we even catch any waves because you know most of them didn't even break so is it (laughs) it surfing if it doesn't break (laughs) you know so
0: yeah i whipped into one this um,
1: morning um it was kind of
0: whipping in left and I didn't think it was going to break. And so I, I kind of jump off, like I let go of probably, you know, whipping out about, you know, 20 miles an hour or something like that. And the thing starts standing up and I'm like, wait a second, this is going to section off and I want to go right. And so I kind of did like two pumps into it. and It is probably one of the better turns I've ever done in surfing. And it was on literally a foot and a half wave. And it was like this just super tight little pocket wrap. It got really vertical. Somehow I landed it, thought I was going to eat it. And I was just I was just laughing for, I don't know, the next 20 minutes because it was such a funny turn like that you never would expect would be possible on a little one foot wave. And then I got, you know, like, yeah, got down the line. and got a couple others, but it was so cool, man. And getting those moments well, when it's not even good surf. I mean, I just I'm laughing all the time because I'm just like the surf is terrible. If I'm looking at the lens of of surfing, there hasn't been one good day in the whole month that I've been here. And I've had yeah. Costa Rica fun every day.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with like Santa Barbara or, or like have you heard of the ranch?
0: I've College heard of the Ranch out there now.
1: So it's a it's a private area and it's got like the best surf in this area. And I used to go up there all the time, especially before I had kids, which is two and a half years ago. But um, me and my buddy would go up there and and surf and paddleboard up there all the time. And you know it's this private area. The waves are perfect. It's offshore. It's it's like a surfing paradise, but there's a lot of kelp up there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I haven't gone to the ranch in almost three years. And I used to go like maybe once a week, you know, my buddy's got a place up there and we drive up and drive up on the beach and, and you go surf these perfect waves. And, and now I just don't have the time for it. And, and now I find myself just at our local little B grade, C grade wave every day. You know, and I'm out there surfing every day and foiling. I'm going faster than I would if I was surfing. I don't have to sit in the crowds because I can catch anything. Right. And, and even when you're up on foil, you're, I don't know, it's, 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 it's so magical. I don't know how else to say it. It's just something you definitely need to try, you know, and, and, and just commit to doing it because it, it'll, it'll change your life. It really will. It's such a, so.
0: if, if you haven't done it, that statement sounds completely outlandish, but it does, man. It completely uh, changed. I'm a happier person. It sounds so stupid. But I'm a happier person now because Yeah, because of
1: it. I feel like I'm a drug dealer, honestly. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> not that I've ever been one, but people are that like, like, I, I just need to foil, you know, like if we don't foil, we're, and that, it takes it it takes a lot not to be able to go out and foil. I mean, you can usually find a wave or something breaking, right? Or you could go toe in or something, but you, it's, it's so a must do, you know, and, and all my friends, like we've all lost weight. We're all in great shape. We're, we're paddling after 300 yard long rides and we're paddling back out on a little four, six and doing it time and time and time again, you know, like we're catching long rides and, and paddling, paddling our ass off, <laughs> you know, to get back to the peak so we can do it again, you know, or, or walking all the way back to the beach and going back out paddling, you know, get way back out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm 47 and, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm in, in great shape now. You know, um, I, I literally stopped surfing after I left Hawaii because it was so crowded here and I'm like, this, this these waves suck, you know, they're not that good. And Marine crowded or, you know, you got to go up to the ranch or something. And, and I literally just lost my stoke for, for surfing. Um, and now, you know, even though I'm not surfing, I'm foiling, I, I feel like I'm, I'm surfing on the next level now, you know, now that I'm on a foil. So, you know, I'm, I'm out there sitting in the lineup and, and catching waves and having the best time of my life, you know? So, so it's so. really like restoked that, that, surfing feeling you know and like you're saying like we're not in Costa Rica you're in Florida and it's like two foot but you're okay with that you know you're like I'm, I'm happy you know as long as you're you're happy and you're doing what you love it's awesome <laughs> so I mean it's pretty rewarding to be able to make foils and put smiles on people's faces and and, and give them that stoke I mean I have guys who are like Oh yeah, you know, I want to, I'm still going to SUP, and I'm like, no, you're not like, trust me. You know, once you figure out foiling, you're not going to do anything else. You might as well sell all that stuff right now because like, that's all we do is foil now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, I don't do anything else now. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: um, I still love sup. I, you know, I love, but the waves have to be better for it for me. And we'll see how that goes over the next year. Um, but I do feel yeah. like foiling is hard. I mean, that's the one thing that is going to be somewhat limiting in the sport. I don't, I don't ever, I, I think it's going to be a popular sport, but it's going to be popular at the pinnacle of the surf sports. I feel like it's like this amazing reward I never saw coming for spending so much time surfing is that now I can foil, Yeah. you know, like yeah. no one saw this coming and and now there's going to be people who be like, man, I'd love to do that. Well, kind of good luck unless you're already doing some of the water sports in a fairly decent level. Cause it's the hardest of all of yeah. them too. I mean,
1: um, it is, it is. And I, I completely agree with that. I feel like it's a niche within a niche, but I, I have seen people who have very little ocean experience foil behind a boat or something. Oh, for you sure. Know, you can learn behind a boat and be on a lake and be foiling. So, yeah. um, and remember like, just cause you don't surf doesn't mean you can't foil because it's a whole new animal for anyone who jumps on a foil. It's, it's the same learning curve. Like whether, whether your wife does it or or you do it or, and you've been surfing your whole life, it's still like muscle memory and learning to understand that wing. So it's, you're, it's like you're wiping the slate clean, right? Like everyone's at, at a starting point now. Like I can't, I can't judge and say, Oh, Kelly Slater is going to be really good at this, but you know, you know, um, my mom's not, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) maybe because she's all into yoga, you know what I mean? Like you just don't know. Like some people just like, even paddleboarding, you know how you get guys who are all macho and they think, Oh yeah, I'm going to be able to do it. And then their wife jumps on and and they do it. I I used to teach paddleboarding and I'm like, Oh, do you do yoga? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know, like they, they would pick it up way easier than their husbands or, you know, because they're so like macho about it and, and determined and aggressive where, where, you know, the women who, who were doing it, you know, and I'm trying to stereotype or anything, but they, they were more calm or center centered or balanced. And, and, and it was more of a fluid thing for them to learn. So foiling, I, I don't know who's going to be good at it and who's not, you know, it's kind of like, it's anyone, anyone can do it, but the surf knowledge, like you're saying comes into play understanding the ocean and how to catch a wave you're not going to get your average joe out there catching waves on a foil especially if he's never surfed or paddleboarded and he's like oh now i'm going to foil it's like no 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 it's it's that's not for you behind a boat or a jet ski on a lake you know and learning that way yeah sure you'll be able to foil yeah right you can let go of the rope and you're in the pocket on the, on the wake behind the boat and everything is perfectly aligned. (laughs) The planets are in line. (laughs) You know, it's like you let go and you're foiling. Right. So I think, I think, yeah, anyone can learn to foil, but to be able to surf foil and, and sup foil, that's going to be more of an experienced person or someone on a windsurfer or kiteboard. You you already have to know how to do those sports well, right. To be able to Mm -hmm. foil on those. Yeah, absolutely yeah so but yeah anyone could foil just just got to be in the right place right so uh, i think behind a boat or a jet ski is probably the easiest thing to do and yeah. it's going to save you a lot of time being able to learn behind a boat because it's not even about getting up on foil it's more that muscle memory of like how high you 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 are off the water cuz as soon as that wing comes out game over and you crash and you you know and it's all and you're done so being behind a boat you don't really want to just get up and go you actually want to go up and down up and down so you you understand what it's going to be like when you're in the ocean on a wave right so i mean that's that's the training for the surfing part behind a boat is being able to get that muscle memory of like what it looks like when you're standing on a on the trash can looking down, you
0: know? <laughs> but but also unanchoring anchoring the steep section, lean back versus steep section, lean forward. That takes a little while. Like, the more time you spent surfing and you know, your, your instincts are wrong. And I think that's how a lot yeah. of guys got hurt right away is they went out there and, and I did this, you know, I was like, I got this and hopped on a stand up with a foil under it and yeah. immediately yeah. regretted doing that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of guys that got stitches too, you know, good surfers uh, because of that. But now, you know, yeah. I've helped some people learn and, um, you know, I just tell people, you know, the first thing to do is get up behind the boat and just hold the nose down and then slowly bring it yeah. up, put it down, bring it up, put it down.
1: So, so to like what you're saying, if you move both your feet forward on the board and your back foot is forward of the mast, and your front forward, you know, like we'll do that on really big waves. We'll keep the nose down. Um, to to sometimes not come up on foil until it's ready to go into a bottom turn, right? So on the drop, we can yeah. actually stay connected on the wave face by keeping our weight forward on the. And, and it seems counterintuitive, but you you have to keep that foil in the water, engaged, and not come up. So to go behind a boat, I, I when I you know people who learn, I say don't even worry about going on getting up on the foil. Catch four or five waves where you're just taxing along, and and your weight is forward of the, of the wing of the mast, you know, both just shimmy your feet, both forward, even your back foot. Right. So you can catch a wave and just, just surf it with the foil underwater and get used to like this animal that's underneath there, you know, because it's so weird. It's so foreign. It's, you know, so, um, being able to do that a few times kind of gives you a better idea before you start like jumping up and, and leaning back and then rising, you know? So, yeah. Um, like being on one of those little indo boards would probably be a good trainer because that's basically foiling, right? It's like a little slight shift in the hips of your weight to the left and a little bit back on the right, you know, it's like, that's, that's it. It's not a lot of, not a, not a real aggressive thing, you know, to make that thing go up and down. So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway.
0: I lost my thought. So, uh, I mean, we're closing out here. What's new? What's coming up for cloud uh, over the next cloud nine, over the next little bit? What should we expect?
1: Um, Let's see. We're working on more wing designs. Um, We're trying to make a more efficient, higher aspect wing. We have a guy doing the Molokai race. On a prototype that I'm looking at right now in my garage, which is more along the lines of like what Gofoil and Signature have got going on right now, like their Albatross 210, um, the the Signature wing. Um, We're not trying to make a versus,
0: uh, you know, the normal wings that everyone's riding right now. What do you what do you anticipate the difference? Have you ridden it yet?
1: Yeah, I have. I've tried the Signature 210. Um, God, it pumps amazing, right? Like I go faster pumping back out than I do on the wave, um, wave riding, man, it was a, a bit of a challenge for me. It's, it wasn't, it, it's not a, a carving wing. I see guys like ripping turns on it, you know, like Derek Hama, yeah, Tamasaki, you know, awesome. guy, um, yeah. So he's on the Gofoil foil, uh, two tan, which is kind of like almost the same as the, the signature. I think I haven't seen it in person, but, um, I think it's very similar. Um, the prototype we're working on right now is we want it to pump well, but we still want it to surf good. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not super, I don't know how big the market is for the downwind scene, you know, like making just a downwind wing. So we're trying to like make a wing that still surfs or is a lot of fun in the surf, you know, still wants to carve and stuff, but, but we're trying to, so kind of, kind of a blend, you know, of the two, um,
0: I think being here in uh, Florida and the gutless surf that we have a lot, anything that gives you more glide, anything that gives you more ability to pump has a huge margin. Yeah. You know, I mean, like yeah, if I could connect waves with less effort and connect more waves, yeah. I mean, I'd sacrifice a yeah. little bit of turning, I think, to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm I yeah. am uh definitely excited to try something. To yeah. See how it goes. So we
1: just know? made a wing right now and and Kent was saying he likes it more than our thirty two. You oh, know? Wow. and he's, he's not big on, on pumping, but he's, he's pumping waves, no problem, you know? So even though this is our first, um, what well, actually our second prototype, uh, making a wing like this, the first one we're like, I think it was, it, it was just the materials; It was just too flexy. Like it wasn't stiff enough. I couldn't even get up on it, but you know, Kent would do it. And, um, it was working. We we're just like, Oh, back to the drawing board. So this next one, you know, we beefed it up more carbon and, and, done a few modifications and, and, and he's, he's wrote it and I'm going to go try it today and um, see how it works. But he was stoked on it. You know, he's like, this might be my new favorite wing. So I was like, well, that's good news. You know, cause some of the stuff we have is, is pretty damn good, you know? So, um, <laughs> it, right. it's, but you know, we, we learn stuff all the time. Like um, we're constantly learning, you know, through, through, through the mistakes and, 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 every now and then we get lucky, you know, with, <laughs> with something. And then, then it's trying to understand what it is that is making it work. Why is it better? Why is it turning better? Why is it faster pumping? You know, so you always want to answer that why, so we can apply it to to the things in the future, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a learning process. So, uh, you know, as far as what's to expect from cloud nine, we're just going to keep on, trying to be innovative to keep trying to make the product better you know um you know like i said you know coming from last year's stuff to to the x series you know we've we've done a lot of changes um but um you know on price pricing's better quality's better products faster more refined better turning more options you know um we're also messing around with uh, trying to make them looser, you know, so they turn even better, um, in the surf, um, tighter turns. So it'd be nice to have a wing that just let you pump all over and then was super fast and surfed on (laughs) the (laughs) reel. It's like, you kind of, you kind of want it all. Right. So, um, yeah, we'll see, but we got, we got a few things up our sleeve for this next year. Um, We'll, we'll see what we got when that time comes. I don't want to say too much, Yeah, no, but don't,
0: don't know the cat out of the bag, but I can't wait to see it when yeah. it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris, Chris, man, thank you for being generous with your time. This was a super fun conversation. I, uh,
1: I really enjoyed it. I think other people <laughs> will too. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I wish Kent was here to, you know, chime in. It's always fun when we're both in the room nice. hey, we <laughs> can circle back in,
0: in a couple months, you know, like, When you guys drop something new, you know, let me ride it and then, uh, circle back up and that'd be rad.
1: Ah, that'd be awesome. We'll do it. (laughs) All right, Chris. Thanks for coming. We'll go. All right. Thanks, Eric.
0: All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to the progression project podcast. That was Chris Goodsight from cloud nine foils. Hope you learned something. Um, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. You know, check out BlueZoneSup.com if you want to get into stand-up paddle surfing. And we're going to start running some foil camps there too. So that'll start over the next few months, probably uh, in the winter months in the States when the surf is a little bit smaller, a little bit more manageable. So we'll have a couple of different options for that. So thanks for tuning in
2: and hit me on ProgressionProject.com with any feedback. All right.